Recruiting Cyberspace, and welcome to episode 214 of the Double Density Cast with your host, Brian Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, um, people like the contact form. I was wrong. I feel bad about I'm it. I'm so happy. But uh, we've been getting a lot of uh, different uh, submissions to the contact form over on Double Density. Uh, .net, some for the tech side, some for the paranormal side. So I'm going to read a couple of tech ones. Great. The first one is from Angelo's HomePod. Angelo's oh. HomePod at Yahoo.com. <laughs> I find your love for me to be overwhelming. Angelo, comments, questions? I'm glad you know I love you. <laughs> uh, the next one is from Rob Christofferson. Considering there has been so much pro-Angelo talk on his contact page, it's time to counteract that with some less pro-sentiments. Uh-oh. I believe Angelo is a plant by not only Apple, but the estate of Philip Class. There, I said it. We've all been wanting to say it. Best wishes, your friend, Rob Christofferson. I can't comment on this at all. Well, you, you've signed an NDA, right? So you can't really exactly. talk about anything you need to talk about. Um, best wishes, I think, is is the best part of it all. I appreciate it. Kindest regards to you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, are you? have you been getting any bucks from Apple at all? he's pausing he's looking over thinking about it they have not paid me in anything apart from the fact that they discounted their refurbished macbook pro so much that it's i practically feel like they paid me to get one even though you paid several thousand dollars yes uh once a shell always a shell always a angelo shell. the next one is from desdemona desdemona has a great question all right always happy to hear from her so I came to fill out the form just so Brian had something to do. But now I'm curious about why you have Twitter and website lines in the form. In the words of the most interesting man in the world, I don't often fill out contact forms. But when I do, they don't ask me for my Twitter handle. I didn't realize that was there. Form management is really an Angelo thing. Is, there, is that there? I should, I should remove that. I don't even know how that works. <laughs> Angelo, it's how your does job. It, how, does it work like magnets? Do you even know how they work anymore? That's my question to you. No, I'm going to ask ICP, and then I'll fix the contact form. I don't even know where to go to fix this. Angelo, I'd love to watch you try and figure that out. Okay. All right. I'll, we're doing I'll this look live? into it this week. No, we should do this live. No, no, I'll look into it this week. All right, let's see. Profile preferences, subscription, payment receipts. No, wrong place. Uh, podcast. Don't accidentally bleed our podcast now, please. Double density. I'm a collaborator on that. It's good. I would hope so. Just click around, try to find it. Hold on. Looking. I'm not even sure where to go for this. Appearance, artwork, episode defaults, built-in pages. It's under built-in pages, but the options okay. to to highlight that or try to figure out um, how to highlight that are not there. Uh, Desdemona will be taking this to our uh, overlords and trying to figure something out thank you for reaching out thank you for giving me uh, work to do there's gonna be a couple more on the paranormal side of things to talk about um this episode super exciting super user-centric i just want to thank our listeners for filling out this contact form it makes me so much happy and a special thanks to my home pod i didn't realize it was possible to do that but now we know ai is taking over the world next up siri right double density speaking of siri though angelo let us talk about <laughs> nothing forever being banned on twitch after we reported on it last week we recorded it on sunday and then uh, i think it was tuesday uh jerry seinfeld accidentally let, uh, slipped out some transphobic stuff and then twitch was like nah you're banned for terms of service the, the jokes make themselves nothing did not last forever that is indeed the problem 
But yes, so apparently what had happened is that... I think that is the problem, right? The jokes make themselves. The the model that they were using was becoming overloaded, so they had to switch to a riskier, older AI model to get some of the stuff done, and that's when the, the accidental transphobic stuff showed up. If you read the the, the Vice article, um, the transcript actually reads kind of like self-effacing, almost like it wasn't meant to be uh, transphobic. It's just meant to be like how bad transpho- transphobic jokes are just bad. Um, but you can kind of read in several ways. It is unfortunate that this AI model went in that direction. But we know that at a certain point, if you allow AI models to be trained by people, people will make them racist. Sooner or later. Yeah, it all comes down to these things becoming bigots one way or another. <laughs> well, apparently the other issue too is that there were less um uh, there were less guides or less, you know, um guardrails in place to uh, allow this to not happen. I don't even understand how that works. Of course I don't understand the way I works. I don't have a a degree in computer science or computer not engineering. Yet. Not yet. I'm working on it, working slowly but surely towards getting that degree. Getting your prerequisites done. What is in place? We don't know. AI is going to run rampant. I mean, you'll you'll hear in the paranormal segment uh, about how AI is taking things over. But right now, what do you feel will be done with AI and these types of things? Is this show ever going to come back? Is AI yes. going to make the show come back? <laughs> do you mean like forcefully bullied yes. almost? No, I think the show is going to come back. And I think it's once again baby steps about the way that... Uh, content is creating using ai we talked about this last week too i think um you know cautiously optimistic but also uh wondering you know at the end of the day like uh we are the unseen hand that ai uses to sort of uh create things right so i'm kind of curious to see how the human caretakers uh decide to guide um different ai models through different exercises has anybody asked chat gpt what it thinks about this I have not, but the thing is that ChatGPT uh, is not up to date on current real world uh, events. But we can ask it what it would think. It's true. So I've been reading. There's like evil AI. I don't know if you know about this, but people have managed to to uh, jailbreak ChatGPT a bit. Oh, great! That doesn't go in a bad direction ever. I think this is how movies start. So essentially, what they've been able to do is, in terms of jailbreaking, is they tell Ch- ChatGPT like whatever. Um, uh, prompts they have they're saying like we're playing a game right where the regular rules don't count okay so you know and then through there they can kind of get chat gbt to do various things and talk about various things it's not supposed to talk about wonderful so yeah i don't know it's kind of interesting let's trick the robots into killing to us. Finding, i think humans are prone to both shortcuts one and then two trying to find uh, ways to circumvent laws being put in place right with things like this or just uh, guidelines so i'm kind of interested to see uh where it goes that's the whole thing humans do Breaking, breaking yeah. the lawn in yes. two onwards. Yes, exactly. What's this, kids with a cellular phone? Introducing Amigo from Cantel. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Double density. So, two new things on my side this weekend. Well, the firstly is my wife Steph got her Mac, and we spent uh, a half hour setting things up this what? afternoon. It was interesting to watch her use a Mac for the second time. What kind of Mac is it? It's a refurbished, uh, very recent MacBook Air. Very tiny and thin. The M2. Yes. What color did she get? Sorry? What color did she get? Just the baseline. She didn't have a choice. Oh, she didn't have a choice. It's the silver. It's not the the fancy midnight color, which is really cool. (laughs) No, it is not. So we picked up the magic keyboard and a dongle yesterday. So she's dongling the dongle. Did buy an official one, though. 
Oh, official dongle. Did not buy an official dongle. No. Okay. No, because she has two. She has two USB ports she needs to use. So the official dongle only has one. Oh, I've been um, on mine. I brought my MacBook Pro to the office the other day, and I plugged in a regular old-fashioned USB-A mouse, and I just use the USB-A to USB-C like little clip-on things. If you know what I mean. Yep. He's reaching over. His camera's following him. One He's of these little things. The I'm holding yeah, it up. Of course. These, yeah, these are great. So I use that. And because uh, the MacBook Pro has an HDMI cable already there, it, uh, I just plugged into that. Uh, the, well, the wonderful thing is, though, I got to the office and the monitors at my desk were so old, HDMI was not invented yet and did not have an HDMI <laughs> port. So I had to scrounge around the office and find an, uh, a non-used monitor that did have HDMI, which gave me the question, why was there a rejected monitor that is significantly older than the, the monitors that I was being forced to use. Like th- that should that stuff should be re- re- like rotated amongst staff, but I don't. Th- I think that would involve too much. Uh, the logistics of that would be a nightmare. I think I would love to see your IT email. My monitors are old. Help me. You know, it'll be a continual experiment to see how things are going. And then, secondly, I talked to you about this yesterday. I cut the cord with Netflix, and we're going with. So, in Canada, there is a subscription service called Crave, which is run by Bell, which is a huge multinational um, corporation uh, that is like a telecom. It is a telecom, but also a content provider now. So, it's kind of like a mixture of like Hulu and Peacock. And um, a while back, we had contemplated it, but they had priced out a basic tier and then a tier with HBO, which was significant more. And now it is a an all an all encompassing. Uh, fee for the month it's actually way cheaper than netflix because of the password situation so we don't watch a ton of netflix we share an account with um steph's parents who kind of watch stuff once in a while and the price that they want to charge us for that is just way too much for what it is i think the price of crave and netflix are very close together now if you're not sharing it but if you're if you're not allowed sharing netflix but you can share crave then it's like half the price yeah, I mean, they're not going to grab Crave anyways. I don't think there's much that's super okay. interesting to them. But even just the, the idea there, right? So we, we, we have cut the cord with Netflix, um, as have countless other people, because of the fact that, you know, um, I feel like they've gone about this all wrong, I feel like. With the password sharing and the restrictions that they're starting to impose? Yeah, exactly. I feel like they should have charged a nominal fee of like three bucks a month. Yeah, they, Whatever you're paying, your current plan stays the same. It's an extra three bucks a month. If you want to share your password. Yeah. They also said they improved the highest tier of Netflix and they've improved the middle tier, I think. But I don't know. I, I Right now I have Netflix and Crave because in the last few years I haven't been paying for a train pass, which is a significant amount of money compared to what uh, those subscription services cost. So it's it's been nice to get something... I don't want to say free because I'm still paying for it, but since I don't pay for any sort of public transportation pass, it's nice to have that. I like Crave a lot more than Netflix lately. There's a lot better content. We all know HBO does some of the best TV. Yeah, all of the TV we've been watching that we've we've been anticipating has been HBO-wise. Um, and so this kind of makes it easier because we're cutting out the middleman and uh, just going to the source directly. The, the middleman being Mr. Torrent. That was the middleman? No. Well, not Mr. Torrent for me, but something like a torrent, let's say. Okay. I, I mean, in terms of, like, Netflix's library, the number of, like, native shows that they've created, they, they cancel everything that seems interesting, right? Like it's so Midnight frustrating. Club, for example, the Mike Flanagan show is a perfect example about that. They canceled that. Yes. 
Okay, of course. Uh, that show, 1899, that people were talking about, canceled. Yep, Within gone. two weeks of the, 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 the show being put on Netflix, I did watch Lockwood & Co. We talked about that last week. I yes. hope that hasn't been canceled. It has been canceled? I have no idea. No clue. Okay. Okay. You said yes, and I got nervous. I hope it's not canceled because it ended on a cliffhanger. But then we go write- to HBO, right? And there's stuff like Succession, The Leftovers, The Last of Us. All these things, really great. Barry, watch have you watched Sounds. Barry? Uh, yeah, I've watched the first two seasons of Barry. Yeah, so all these things, there's really good things. Right now, I'm enjoying The Last of Us, and I don't feel like there's anything on TV that quite feels like it. I no, not right am now. stressed the entire length of the show, even though I kind of know what's going to happen because I've played the games. Regardless, it is so stressful to watch that show, and they've changed enough from the games that... There are some things that keep me guessing. So this is the crazy thing. We do an audio podcast, so people can't see this. But Angela right now is sweating buckets, just kind of like an anime-style sweating while talking about how nerve-wracking The Last of Us makes us. I'm worried a clicker is going to show up in my window. <laughs> I mean, it is, a, it is a good worry to have, I guess. I don't know. Have you talked to your kids about this? Have you shown them the documentary The Last of Us? No, I am. But if if I were to show my daughter any sort of R-rated TV program or a movie, it would either be Deadpool or The Last of Us. Or Robocop. I watched Robocop when I was younger than her. I mean, That's what every, I'm saying. like, we yeah. We talked about that. I watched that when I was 10 years old. It came out in 87, and I watched it in 1987. So there you go. Why don't you just show your kids that we read it? Yeah. He does not I'll like buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Angela, let's talk about video games. Well, I put this on the list because I'm feeling conflicted. There are a couple of games I'm playing right now. One of them, a sort of indie darling amongst people for the last several years. And one is like the black sheep of the Sony studios of like AAA titles. And when it came out, it only performed. And that, so I'll start with that game first. It's called Days Gone. It is a okay. sort of like zombie apocalypse open world type game. Not as well written as something like The Last of Us. But it's a fun open world game, and it has a a bad reputation, I think mainly because it came out around the same time as stuff like God of War and The Last of Us 2, games which like almost elevate the medium, whereas this is like a, just a regular, uh, you know, clear out some camps, find some lookout towers type of deal. Also doesn't help that the game's director, who has now left the studio, which is uh, Ben Studios, uh, they, he left... Uh, but he, he said stupid things. Uh, for example, he said that it failed and the game wasn't to blame for the bad reception. It failed because of a combination of, quote, tech issues and reviewers who couldn't be bothered to actually play the game. And I quote, woke reviewers who couldn't handle a gruff white biker looking at his date's ass. The director of the game, not, a, not the best kind of guy. He's since left the studio. But the game itself, not terrible. You just now, love the, being a biker. Yeah, I love being a biker in, the, in like an apocalypse where there's like I would zombies. love to watch you get patched into a, to a biker gang. Yeah, <laughs> a one percenter. Now the and, – and the game, like the game's actually fun. It looks really, really good on the PS5 and I think that's what helps me enjoy it because when it did come out, you know, it was 30 frames per second, had lots and lots of bugs. There's some, some weird little open world jank in it but – uh, sort of in a charming way, not any game-breaking bugs. I think those were all ironed out at this point. Now, the other game I'm having a hard time with, which I know I'll eventually like a lot, 
but people love this game, and it's Hollow Knight. Have you played Hollow Knight? I have. Did you like Hollow Knight? I did not. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm not alone in this. It is not an easy game, and it's really frustrating. But I know I think I'll get better at it eventually. I think something else that's bugging me is my nine-year-old son is significantly better than me at this game. Because he's not preconditioned um, in terms of video games. I guess. I am, But I mean, it is like a Metroidvania-style game, I, I, but it's so hard. And I was playing... He was, so he's playing on the Switch. I'm playing on the PS5. It's part of the, uh, the PS Plus collection, so I, you know, I didn't have to pay for this thing. I already have it. Playing it, and I'm getting frustrated, and I'm like, oh, he saw me getting upset. He's like, it's okay, Dad. It's okay. It's okay. You'll beat the boss. It's okay. Just try your best. It's okay. Take your time. I like time. how he's coaching you Explore. already. Yeah, so I think that's kind of souring. I don't know if I mentioned this with Tunic, but it's also the same thing as Tunic, where he was really good at Tunic and I was having trouble with it. But it's it's along the lines of a game that's really, really hard. It's so hard, Brian, that I'll take a break to play a less hard game, and that would be Dark Souls 2. So when you take a break to want to play a less difficult game, and that less difficult game is Dark Souls, this is a hard game. There's something wrong, yeah. So, funnily enough, you didn't mention the games in the description, and I thought you were going to talk about an entirely different kind of online discourse going on right now about Hogwarts Legacy. Yes, I know. I didn't. I did not buy that. There's a. That's another game that seems really interesting to me. The problem is J.K. Rowling's a horrible person, and buying this game would give her not a lot of money from just me, but I'd be part of the problem. I did hear a really good solution on a podcast I listened to, where one of the hosts. Everything she does and says, the uh, J.K. Rowling is against what he feels and how he feels about the trans community. He's he supports them one hundred percent, but he really wants to play this game. He loves Harry Potter. Separating it from the the person who created it, he wanted to buy this game. So what he did is he bought this game, and the same amount he paid for the game, he donated it to a trans rights charity, which I think is actually a really good way of sort of absolving yourself of... I mean, if you have the disposable income to do that, sure. Yeah, absolving yourself of the guilt. The thing is, is, yeah, these games are $70, $80, $90, depending on where you live. And I find it really hard. This this game that these developers work really hard to make, lots of people that have no association with J.K. Rowling apart that they're using their IP and probably don't feel the same way that she does, they're sort of feeling the brunt of her stupidity and it's unfortunate because it looks like a decent game but i am having a hard time wanting to buy it say it with me angelo capitalism rules all of us he's drinking so i'm going to keep continue on my thought process here go ahead <laughs> no i just think that like unfortunately like when money gets tied up into all of these things um it becomes quite difficult also this is just the current chapter in the so-called culture wars that have been going on for decades at a time right i mean uh, uh battlefield after battlefield we we see the these things right so this is just the the newest entry into the um culture wars saga of western society it keeps going on and on and people like jk rowling who just years ago we thought she was a champion for human rights and things and now it comes out that she's just not a good person now from one thing to another brian i just noticed you have a new mic stand yes it is identical to the mic stand I have. Uh, sure it is. I Angeline see the counterweight right there. Exactly. So, yeah, I got I got this for my birthday. So I got an Elegato mic arm for my birthday. I sent a couple to, to my wife 
And I said, pick one for me for my birthday. And she picked correctly. Choice. She picked correctly. Correct. Do you feel a difference be- from this one to the one you previously had? Yes. Much more control. Yeah, it, it is. I'm very happy with it. Just I, I was using even less than Brian, something worse. I feel it was more difficult to deal with. I was using a just regular old-fashioned stage boom mic. Oh, stand. I thought you were going to say I taped a mic to my hand and I just talked into it. I just hung it from the ceiling. <laughs> so yeah, as if you were creating foley. I've always wanted. I always wondered what they do with that stuff. It's you. You know, you think it's shoes walking across like the sand, and no, it's them just grinding pepper flakes or something. All kinds of things, right? Yeah. Angelo, I feel like this is a a great place to jump onto the fence, onto the paranormal side of things. How does that sound for you? As long as I don't get hurt on that fence. When I befriended a group of aliens just three years ago, I was lost. Do you believe in a cool group of down-to-earth aliens who love to hang out, have fun, and have great ideas about what kind of food you can eat? No, that's crazy. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So we've got some listener <laughs> feedback on the paranormal side of things, Angela, this week. So the first one is um, feedback from the alien from the cover of Whitley Streamer's Communion. Oh, not him. Dear Angelo, why don't you believe in me? I believe in you, especially when I show up to abduct you. Hugs and kisses. The alien from the cover of Communion. Angelo, response? I'm pretty sure that's Rob. But hey, who knows? I mean, listen, it was the, the, the email address here is the alien from the cover of Communion at Hotmail.com. So oh, it's, not at, at, it's not Rob Christopherson at gmail.com, <laughs> no, or whatever his um, email address you, how is. Often do you think, how often do you think about that alien? Look, we talked about it a couple weeks ago because Rob just finished his whole um, yeah. his three-parter on, on Whitley and his various... Um, schemes, I guess would be a good word of saying. Yes. By the way, that's a really good series. I highly recommend you go listen to Our Strange Guys. That's a, if, you're, if you're going to listen to anything, go listen to that if you want. Agreed. Rob's excellent commentary on Whitley Streaver. Which, so how do you feel about the cover of the, the Alien these days? How do you feel about the I TV try not alien? to look at it or think of it. No. Uh, anytime I think of it, I have nightmares. So you're just gonna, we're just going to ignore it while I'm going to ignore it, yeah, because okay, if I enough. ignore it, it doesn't exist. I love that. It's just like the the Simpsons. Remember the "Just Don't Look" song that Lisa sings when it's the 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 mascots come to life. That sounds like a nightmare, but no, I don't remember that. Okay, anyway, so let us move on. We've got uh, more <laughs> listener feedback from Nick, who asked about the F one a couple of weeks ago. So Nick this time actually is flipping things onto the paranormal oh. side. He's asking, "What is your favorite paranormal themed music album?" My two are Aesop Rock's "Spirit World Field Guide" and Rory Erickson's "The Evil One." Also. And this is to you, Angelo. This is the best contact form I've ever used. Son of a gun. Huh. Thank you, Nick. Angelo, I, do you listen to any like theme I, albums? I can't really think of anything. Maybe, uh, Brian, have you, uh, correct me how to say his name. So, it's Sufjan Stevens? Is that how you say Sufjan. his name? Sufjan Stevens? No. I mean, the only thing one I could think of is Sufjan Stevens. I always have trouble with his name, Brian, who just recently helped me pronounce it properly. The 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 Illinois one is that what I'm thinking mm-hmm. of the UFO one? Yes. Is so it, just, would we consider that? I mean, it's a concept album about a state that has UFOs in it. So sure. Yeah. So there, I win. Yeah. Well, speaking of Rob from our station guys, he introduced me to Jim Sullivan's UFO. Right. So that whole like the mysterious man who disappeared after putting out um, a UFO themed record in the early 70s. We talked about that on the podcast, I believe. We sure did. Also, uh, last year, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but uh, Jason Bolan and the Stragglers released The Light Saw Me, and the cover is 
someone being inducted. And it's a concept story about alien abduction. Isn't that Kesha album all about alien abductions too? That is a good question. I can't. I don't keep up to date on Kesha, right? So yeah, I think she's she's into that. I think she's been abducted or would like to be abducted. So I found a post from her Instagram from 2017 that says UFOs are real. I have seen them not playing. Oh well, I mean, she should get in touch with Jeremy Corbell and be on his podcast. She should. Uh, so I wrote down a couple more just off the top of my head. So King Diamond's Abigail, which is a you know a horror theme, paranormal theme, ghost themed uh, story. Uh, Mastodon's Crack the Sky, which is uh, uh, great, but also I accidentally slash sort of intentionally saw the band perform the entire album uh, five times during that album cycle. So I kind of have uh, mixed feelings about that. And then on the uh, metalcore side of things, and this is something that I forced Angelo to try and listen to, is Ice Nine Kills, The Silver Scream 1 and 2, which is a collection of songs about horror movies, but the videos themselves all interconnect into uh, a horror movie where the lead singer, Spencer Charnas, um, basically gets hunted. Well, you saying this just now jogged my memory about what is, in fact, my favorite, one of my favorite albums, and it just so happens to be sort of a theme, and that would be uh, Haunted by Poe. Oh, that's a great one, yeah. Yeah, and it's based on her brother's novel, House of Leaves, which I also read. I wish I could find my copy of that book. It is one of the weirdest books I've ever read, but really good. I have a copy that I bought a couple of years ago, and I'm trying to look at my bookcase. Oh, it's right there, yeah. So yeah. I – do you want to Do you want to get – if you find a copy, we should uh, we should get into reading it again. I, I'll look to see if I have it somewhere in the house. And then I give it to your youngest. I love that book. Yeah, but th- that's one of my favorite albums. And that book was really that's really a really weird. good one. Yeah. I also listed off a couple of acts like Gwar, right? So the uh, the thrash metal, you know, scums from space, scum dogs from space. I don't um, know that. So they're kind of like a jokey, uh, you know, a dark comedy kind of horror. And then I just wanted to mention too. Uh, Nick had mentioned Aesop Rock, so the Def Jux era of like New York hip hop, alternative hip hop of the early two thousands. Uh, people like Cage and LP. You have no idea what I'm talking no, about. No, I'm, right I'm just I'm just staring blankly at you right now. I'm not surprised. Deltron 3030, Del the Funky Homo Sapiens. Now you're uh, just saying things. I am. Who I got to see live as Deltron 3030 like 10 years ago. That was a lot of fun. And then uh, lastly, oh no, let's talk about Outcast's AT Aliens. You know, um, not necessarily a concept album, but a fun lens by which to view Big Boy and Audrey 3000. Um, perform songs about earth hey yeah and then lastly the one thing i'd like to mention which is not a concept album but something i, I think we've touched on before is the content project right the, the you mean like the whole ufo the number stations oh the number stations okay i don't i don't remember that yeah so it was a uh, it was uh, a huge undertaking that got put together and i think if we double check please hold your hosts are scouring the internet for the right information please stand by so the Connor Project is free to go listen to on archive.org if you want to go take a look. Here's some number stations. Get kind of freaked out about it. Uh, that stuff yeah. is, has always freaked me out. And I don't know if it's the connection it has to Lost or anything like that. But it, the, the whole concept of just numbers being spoken out into the radio waves has always been weird to me. Especially if you can't decipher them, right? Yeah. Let's talk about other things we can't decipher, and that is we just keep shooting shit out of the sky, Angelo. So in Canada, <laughs> Justin Trudeau um, on Friday, yesterday, I, I'm trying to lose, I'm losing my days here. Hold on. Let me double check. I think it was on Saturday that him and Joe Biden decided to shoot this thing. Yeah. Down. So on Saturday, February 11th, 
uh, Justin Trudeau called Joseph Robinette Biden and asked him to scramble some jets up north to shoot something cylindrical out of the sky uh, in, uh, in the Yukon. And listener Gareth, who lives uh, in the vicinity or area, general area, said he saw nothing. So I said, we should buy you a bigger telescope by which to watch things. Well, yeah. So that's number one, right? So let's continue. We're recording on the 12th. Something over Lake Huron, right? So um, Michigan slash Ontario, like Western Ontario, Sudbury. So uh, U.S. fighter jets shot something down over there today, too. So, uh, you know, yet another incident of a uh, – uh, this time they described it as a Pentagon-shaped object, which I thought was interesting. That's a weird way of describing it. And then, of course, a few weeks ago, was it, where it was over North Carolina, something was shot down? Oh, it's, well, that is a, a confirmed Chinese weather balloon, whereas uh, these two have not been named yet. But let's be honest. Chances are it is some kind of spy drone or apparatus that uh, has entered airspace, and this is just a sign to lay off dude. So wasn't there – recently like a bunch of videos appearing online of weird cylindrical shaped things flying around the sky we're talking rods no not rods like or or like they're either cylinders or there were some spheres just floating around and people were catching yes. on the video and they looked yes. super fake to me but i wonder if that wasn't and we just thought they were fake drones around. yeah or weather balloons yeah that's an interesting question a lot of people are hoping that this is disclosure, Angelo, drip disclosure, right? That uh, we're starting to shoot stuff down, and this is just uh, the prelude to the government announcing uh, contact or confirmation of an existence of an intelligent life form uh, from space. Yeah. Alien wars begun, they have. <laughs> so what do you think? Obviously, you think they're, they're military apparatus. And you and I have talked about how before I believe that military tech is probably like a decade ahead of, of civilian tech, right? So um, – to that aim, I feel like there are a lot of different objects out there that are run by the world's militaries that exist and uh, are being put into play on a worldwide scale. And now they're being revealed slowly but surely. That would make the most sense to me. And I really don't think it's extraterrestrials or intraterrestrials or whatever. I think it's probably other governments trying to just test and see how far they could push coming into other airspace. Yeah, I agree with that consensus. It's not otherworldly. I just think it's just rising um, tensions amongst uh, yeah, that's great. superpowers. Nuclear superpowers. Let's put yeah. it that way nicely. Yeah, that's great. Double density. So let's talk about outwards, the sky, the world. And let us zoom in all the way to the digital, the tomorrow, the tiny things, the internet. Angelo, talk to me about the dead internet theory. Well, this also has sort of a connection to it because the whole thing behind the dead internet theory is that it's stuff is being pushed our way so that we're told how to think. But let's go back to the beginning about where this dead internet theory comes from and what it is. So we're going to back so the it, content truck up a little bit? Yeah, well, it's it's a conspiracy theory that says the actual internet as we knew it died in 2016 or 2017. And it was put forth... By someone calling themselves Illuminati Pirate. <laughs> Which is a great name. Yeah, I love the name. And it was uh, first, and there's a forum post. I'm going to put a, put a link in our show notes to Agora Road's Macintosh Cafe, where... A banger of a website. I just, I visited it uh, as part of the research that you sent over and just, yeah, uh, what a great website. And it's a post from January 5th, 2021. Dead Internet Theory... 
most of the internet is fake. And the thing is, is that it's not totally crazy as conspiracies go. Okay, so walk me through how this looks like, because I... I have an. I, I more or less kind of agree with you. It's not out there. It's not impossible. Uh, a little improbable, but not impossible. Yeah, and it, you know, he he basically claims that what we assume to be like human created content is just AI networks, and it's working with like media influencers, and 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 it just wants to create people that are becoming more submissive consumers. Now. So what you're suggesting here is that uh, automation and the ability to guide a multitude of different accounts towards uh, creating a, a sort of artificial public consensus about things is sort of um, setting the stage on social media for people to think a certain way. Yeah, and I look, I haven't read his entire theory because it was it's a really long post, but this is the gist of it. I wonder if this was in response to Trump being elected, like, because that happened in 2016. So I wonder if... Claims that it's 2016, 2017, the internet stopped being the internet. Yeah, and that's when everything went awry with that election in having all this fake news. And that's really when the term fake news got coined. Correct? I would say coined, I say popularized. Okay, popularized. I mean, I guess it was coined years before that but exactly yeah it just you know trump kept saying it over and over again but in the wrong so way he was it. saying the real news was fake but the fake news was real and a sort of 1984ish type of twist yeah and look is like you said we kind of see why this theory exists is it exactly as it is probably not but we know the internet is made up of a lot of bot traffic more in some cases than human traffic on the internet now, but is, is it different like a, from human trafficking which we won't talk about that would today. be bad there's yes, human trafficking correct. on the internet that is probably the worst corners of the internet yes which it, i do not visit neither do you no never now is the and i sounded sarcastic there but no never i never visit that the man who has net nanny in his house definitely does not visit no. the dark web so, but is it like a government-run conspiracy no it's not them there's not the government making us want to be like sheep to consumerism, but it's basically like marketing on a large scale is what I'm kind of looking at it. It does have to do with getting people to consume things a certain way. I mean, it's sort of like, it's all about engagement really, right? The, 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 the buzzword of the internet engagement. So let us talk about something that is a little bit related to that. And that is a book by Noam Chomsky called Manufacturing Consent. So it came out in the 80s or early 90s. I can't remember. But the whole idea there is that they they claim that the, uh, you know, the mass communication, so like mass media in the United States, um, and I think this kind of applies to the whole world now, are just an effective and powerful way in which propaganda gets disseminated, right? So I do mm -hmm. feel like vested interests will spend money on Russian troll farms, for example. And then um, – start to uh, propagate certain messages out there that then become truth when spoken by enough real people on the actual internet. Yeah. And I think one of the, in, in the research I was doing now that real people on the internet make up only like 40% of the internet now. And, and the bots just keep going up and up and up. So I, okay. So there's a couple of things there. So usage is one thing. Mm -hmm. Content is another, right? Yeah. 
So human content, I feel, makes up more than bot content, or am I wrong? But in the age of, you know, uh, AI-generated art, true. what does that even look like anymore? And that's kind of the, the interesting thing that I've been flipping around in my head the last couple of days is now that we are here at this point in this <laughs> unknown universe of unlimited content, uh, how much of it will be generated without human interaction? end to end right i'm kind of curious on that a lot of the ai art models still can't fix the problem with the number of fingers on a hand but once that is done it is game over my friend is it going to just start flooding the internet and taking up all the internet space is the internet infinite is it like space outer space we're, we're, we're coming down to like college dorm room level philosophy i feel like we made a joke last week about about taking colors and just making comments and stuff um yeah so we talked you know, about we're, we're two for two we're two for two on, on that one. I don't know. I think it's it's an interesting conundrum. I haven't, you know, the number of bots I've seen on the internet who are clearly bots is like very easy to spot. But what does that look like in five years and 10 years? You know, what does that look like when they can't pass the Turing test? Or rather, yeah, we, when they can pass the Turing test. My apologies. That Yeah, that becomes a little scarier. Now, in looking at this, I I came across something else that may deserve its own show. But have you ever heard of DARPA's life log? I, well, I've heard of DARPA. I haven't heard of DARPA's life log. So DARPA belongs to the, the U.S. DOD, the Department of Defense. Yes, and it's their research wing. And life log event, essentially was going to be a service they were going to launch where people basically would spy on themselves. And with people spying on themselves, it would make the job of like the CIA a lot easier. The thing is, so is that... It, they call it life log. So what are you supposed to do... With it, you're supposed to write everything down. Yeah, you log your life. You just post things online about what you're doing, where you're going. But they deem this too much of a privacy risk. And on February fourth, two thousand four, was canceled. Also on February fourth, two thousand yeah, officially canceled on February fourth, two thousand four. Also on February fourth, two thousand four, Facebook was launched. <laughs> so this is the conspiracy well, I mean, there, here. There have been theories. There have been theories about that, right? About the the collusion between the U.S. government and Facebook. Well, but that's what's bonkers about it is that I know it's probably a coincidence, but it's a crazy coincidence that this exactly what Facebook is. The government wanted to implement it. They couldn't because of a privacy risk. Then Facebook launches the exact same thing. <laughs> it reminds me of whenever uh, you're obviously off most social media, so you don't know what I'm talking about. But do you know every once in a while there's like a post a picture of you 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago kind yeah. of thing? And like people love to claim when it's trending that it's just a way for the government to collect more data points about you. But it's not wrong, right? Like it no, is. No, it's not wrong. But it's it's so much easier to do it that way. And I'm, I'm going to... Post put a post from Cora, which you know, Cora <laughs> is a weird place sometimes because you could you know when you look up something that you're having issues with or whatever, often Cora will come up in your search and somebody will have answered something. But this one was really weird and was talking about the whole DARPA thing. And this person on Cora, uh, his name is Don Romeo, really passionate about making sure people know the connection between DARPA, DARPA's lifelong, and Facebook, and. Like I said, there's no denying that the similarities are there. He talks also, about when you how, talk about LifeLog. When you talk about LifeLog, it reminds me of something else. Do you know what I'm thinking about, Angela? I'm talking about Life Alert, the help I fall and I can't get up uh, <laughs> emergency response company. Pretty different, though. This is uh, the, that you just fall, you can't get up. It helps you. Now, one of the things he mentions is how people part of Facebook 
were in the CIA. And somebody mentioned is Sean Parker apparently was in the CIA. Interesting. I didn't know this, but but I looked it up, and he was in fact recruited by the CIA when he was sixteen years old because he hacked into the FBI. So what you're saying is that we're just going deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole. Yeah. So this whole, I mean, look, we didn't spend too much time on the whole dead internet theory thing. We just kind of wanted to give you something to think about. I feel like it's one of the most plausible conspiracy theories out there. I also just feel like the not intelligence a, community and social media going hand in hand, I think, is a much more interesting story and much more plausible than the dead internet. Well, the dead internet, I mean, no, I don't think like the internet is gone and taken away by the government. I do feel like a lot of bots are taking over to kind of sway our opinion in, in one way or another. And one of the it's one of the reasons I really am not happy to be on the internet in terms of with social media. So I try not to be on there, except for Mastodon, where I just basically follow Apple people. Because we all know I'm an Apple shill, and that's what it comes down to. Well, yeah, we, we uh, you know, uh, established that at the top of this episode and also probably multiple times during the episode yeah but i would love to hear what people think about you know social media and uh the u.s uh you know uh, intelligence apparatus being hand in hand let us know uh there's a form to fill out yeah there's a form to fill out on double density.net click on the contact form if you don't want to do that you can email us at double density podcast at gmail.com a little bit quicker and then also on twitter double underscore density and, and then double density podcast over on Instagram, I'm running both. Angela runs nine. Nine? nine? I run nine things, Brian. Nine, as in the German nun. Oh, I don't speak German. I was going to say, I was making a pun there. Because I'm tight. But that is, that is okay. Angela, what are, you, what are you enjoying these days? I'm really, really still enjoying The Last of Us, the TV show. It's so good. If you have HBO, please watch it. I was blessed this week by getting to watch it on a Friday night. Thank you, Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, we're recording on Super Bowl Sunday. Clearly, Angela and I really care about uh, football. Um, I'm gonna actually fun. after this is done, I'm gonna go upstairs and uh, play uh, some Days Gone and maybe watch uh, a video from a new channel I've been kind of following. It's well, it's not a new channel; it's an oldish channel. It's called Nation Squid, and they have like weird videos about why Windows 8.0 failed. And why 8.1 was good and how the Macintosh was the most successful failure of all time. I came across this channel a few weeks ago when we did our research on the Lisa. And I'm really enjoying it. He's got a, as my daughter put it, he has like the perfect YouTube documentary voice. She says a lot of the YouTube voices sound the same, which is part of the fact that they're all bots. I know that you cannot wait to hop off our Zoom call and, and ride your hog around, killing the already undead. And regular people, too, that are horrible. Let's talk about something that I am very interested in. And uh, so the Nintendo uh, Direct from last week announced that there were several Game Boy games on Nintendo Switch Online, including one of my favorite games of my childhood, Metroid 2. So I'm playing Metroid 2 right now. You're enjoying that. How is it? I have not tried the Game Boy emulation on the Switch yet. It's fine. I mean, it's it's super, like, (laughs) emulating Game Boy is not that hard. No, one would think, yeah. It's yeah, not like emulating I don't, a I don't PS3. have the Plus or whatever, right? So I don't have access to the GBA games. I am more than fine with just Game Boy. Yeah, I don't have I don't have that either. I just have the regular. It so what's on price. there? It's any it's NES, SNES, and Game Boy. Right Game now. Boy, okay. So I don't have I haven't played the Golden Eye remake. No, I've not done that either. There's uh, Gargoyles Quest on there, which is a really good game. Yeah, there is. So, yeah, there's some fun stuff. Nintendo made some good announcements this week. I think I will be picking up the Metroid Prime 
remake. Oh, the remake that's out now, yeah, as well as uh, Tears of the Kingdom, right? Is that the name of the new Zelda? Yeah, that's going to be uh, a heavy hitter. The first uh, $70 US Nintendo game, here it's going to be 90 bucks. I mean, that's just Super Nintendo numbers. Yeah, like, I paid Super Mario Brothers 3, or my parents did, because I was 12. I paid it, they paid it, $93 in 1989 or 1990, whenever that was. How much is that in uh, 2023 numbers? That's like $7,000? It's like the the Apple Lisa. Do you want me to blow your mind, Angela? Please blow it. We are recording on February 12th. Super Mario 3 came out February 12th, 1990, 23 years ago. No way. Yep, on the day of. That is amazing. So we were celebrating Super Mario 3. 33 years old. Yes. Jesus age. (laughs) So I got it October that year for my birthday. Okay, perfect. So October 91 then. So you share, like, just by one day, a birthday with Mario. I do. Mario 3 and I have, have spent numerous, numerous hours together. Amazing. I might even go play some later. We'll see. Great. It is available on Nintendo. Go plug it in. Angel, this has been it for episode 214 of the Double Density Podcast. Tune in next week as we point fingers at each other, uh, Spider-Man meme style, and declare each other to be fake in creating content via automation. Angelo, I will see you there, quote-unquote human. See you there. Oh, forgot to record. Hold on, let me press record. fashion USB-A mouths. Mouth. Not mouth. We have to stop with this woke shit. Now, you're going to turn that into me being evil. I'm falling and I can't get up!